But yeah, given that he is late, then we will start without him. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. With the Bruce, the Yank, and Captain Socks. Hello, future people. Jason the Bruce here with Getting Tabled, alongside my good friend Captain Socks. Yes, Major hello, Socks. everyone. As you can see, I'm not in a purple mauve background anymore. I've moved hotels. He's my been upgraded down to here. seven stars. Two. <laughs> From one to two. Sure, not seven. Sure. I wish it was seven. But it's going to be here. The lies continue, facts. We do apologize. <laughs> <laughs> seven will be when I get into my house finally and I have a man cave. That's what will be seven stars. Well, that, that does make a little bit of sense. I might let you have that one, maybe. Okay, good. Um, we are here without George for the moment. George will be joining us later because he is running late. Well, it doesn't help that I'm two hours ahead of him now, and so our time shift is kind of throwing his schedule out of the loop a yeah. little bit. At least he remembered. But yeah, so without further ado, let's... Honest news? Newly received or noteworthy information especially about recent or important events. All right, folks. We're probably starting with the biggest news we've had in a while. Um, this Fantasy's is... coming back. Yeah, pretty much. Now, this is not <laughs> this is not new news, I say. We've known about this for a while. Um, there was a lot of complaining over the fact that Fantasy went away. And eventually Games Workshop said, fine, we're going to do something with it. Um, this is We're something that is it. going to excite a lot of people. Make another lot of people roll their eyes very strongly. Um, a fairly prominent member of the community doing so fairly publicly. That I will discuss a little later. And now um, calling it the old world. Yeah, they're calling it the old world. We did know that as well. So, basically what they have confirmed... Uh, this is all available on Warhammer Community, by the way. Uh, they've given us a hint of the world. This is based about 700 years before the end times took place. So this is before the Empire was a full-fledged empire. Um, which does mean that Mordheim still exists. We may actually be able to get a Mordheim. That genuinely does excite me. I'm not going to hold my breath. Same as I haven't been holding my breath on that for the last two years. But it does excite me. That's another game. But Captain so uh, Major Socks. I know that you're not into a lot of these things. But from our previous discussions, I'm assuming you're fairly aware that Blood Bowl was kept alive pretty much by a community that refused to accept that it was dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mordheim is very much the same. Um... It might even... I reckon it'd be on even tier with Blood Bowl as far as the community that's out there. It's not a small one. Um, we have confirmed a few things that we already knew, which is confusing. They had actually told us that we had square bases before. That's not new information. But it's new information according to the article. Um, the scale... Because there was a lot of people asking 
for the scale to change. They have confirmed that no, it's staying at 28 mil. The whole point of this is that you're being able to use your existing models while they release new ones. Uh, rules. They're basing this on their... I'm going to quote this quite think, literally. Well, think of D&D &D 5... Fifth edition. They're taking everything that people liked, yeah, from three point five yeah. to four, and made fifth edition D and D. So that's pretty much what they're doing with this. But you can say you can quote them. I was yeah. Um, the old world will gather up our favorite mechanics from third to the eighth edition, and add new elements needed to create something deeply familiar yet fresh and new. Um, D and D fifth edition. Yeah, I can pretty see much. that. Um, apparently there was questions as to what things are going to be called. They're going to be called the same thing that they were called in the original game. Um, I think that's probably a smart marketing decision as much as I understand why they won't want to do that. Um, because the loudest voices on the internet complain about this constantly. Um, it is what it is. Um... So there is still a couple of questions that we don't have at this stage. No, uh, we don't know when it's going to be. I have a guess on that that I'm going to come back to later. Um, no, that still hasn't stopped a lot of the community complaining, because it never will. Um, my prediction is I doubt we're going to see this until towards the end of next year. Uh, that's my prediction. Uh, I, I suspect that this is going to be aiming for a Christmas release. Good assumption. Preparing for Christmas release. Um, it's possible that this could be released this time next year, just like Age of Sigmar 3rd Edition is coming out this time now. Um, but I get the impression that they're nowhere near ready from this. The fact that it's taken them a year and a half just to give us this, I think really does say a lot as to where they are. Especially they're taking all their favorite bits from third to eighth. You have to play test it. Yeah. Which ones they'd like. And then while adding new elements. Just because still create as much it. as it's all based on the same game at the same time, if you're going to take bits from one element and one bits from another element that don't always fit together naturally. Correct. Um, like, this is not something that greatly excites me. I, I'm not on that side of the bandwagon. I understand why it does excite a lot of other people. Um, I think it's fairly obvious that you don't get excited over this because you're not interested in it to begin with. Well. Not really. No. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do with it. Um Ultimately, this is either going to make one percentage of the audience very, very happy or very, very sad. It's going to be interesting to see what this does with sales. I have predictions that it will not be very popular. So, yeah. My predictions on this is that it will initially make quite a big splash, but then kind of fizzle. Um mm -hmm because I don't think that the audience that complains about this are as keen to spend money as Games Workshop and they'd like to pretend that they are. Um, that's not going to be a very popular opinion. Uh, please make it known that I said that, not Major Socks. So don't go attacking other members of our 
thing over it. Uh, but let's move on to the other thing that that community hates. Age of Sigma! Because nobody ever complains about Age of Sigma. Kind, kind of nice and simple this week. Um, Age of Sigma is getting what nobody is surprised by. Brand new starter sets. And they're being released in exactly the same manner that the 40k one was. Uh, because, of course they were. It worked. So why would they not do it the same way? Um, so you've got the Warrior starter set. Which in Australia is 65 bucks. Uh, you get a squad of your Sigmarines. And you get a squad of your Orcs. And you've got a couple of heroes. Which is as expected. Then your next version up is the same thing, but with a few extras. You talking about the Harbinger set? Yeah, the, oh, sorry. Yes, I should tell you what it's called. So that's 120. So it's just a bigger version of the first one. And finally, we have the Extremist set, which is the same set, but it comes with terrain. Um, but it doesn't look bad. No, no, I quite like the terrain, actually. So, value for money-wise, this is exactly the same value for money as the old sets for... Sorry, as the new sets for 40k. So, it's a decent value. Uh, but if you buy multiples of this, you're going to have the same things very, very quickly. Um, so, in other words, buy an extra set if you want the terrain. Yeah, pretty much. Um... If you've got a friend... That you don't want the train, probably the Harbinger. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, if you don't want everything, buy the Warrior. Or don't buy anything at all. It's completely up to you. Um, but it's good to see that they're doing it. Um, I kind of would have been disappointed if they had have kept the Soul Wars one. I never thought that they were going to, but I just think it's worth pointing out. Um, not really much else to say on that front, really. I mean, it's just... Yeah, it is what it is. It's kind of what most of it expected. For those that are going, this looks really familiar. Well, it should. It's the Dominion models. Uh, it's exactly the same as what they did for 40k last year. It's copy and pasted from one box to the other. Uh, which means that the more exciting of the characters are not here, you will find them for more expensive values at a later stage. Exactly the same way that you did or are going to for 40k. Yep. Um, moving away from Games Workshop into a very topical game given what was released last Friday Masters of the Universe have you seen the new Masters of the Universe Captain so uh, Major Sox no I haven't uh, you should it's worth watching um, more aimed at us not aimed at the kids though yeah, I, I figured. Yeah. Um, so, we've spoken about the two different Masters of the Universe games coming out a little bit. Uh, yes, this we have. is the Archon Studios one, which is currently up on GameFound with a 16, almost 17 day preview. Um, basically, 
yeah, it's up, ready to go. Um, there's a standard box set. There is factions that you can buy as well that we have discussed previously. Mm -hmm. But we will share the link to the campaign. So if you were one of the people in Europe that was wanting to keep an eye on this, uh, you can sign up to get notifications when it goes live. Uh, if you sign up within the first 24, sorry, 48 hours, you get a free Orko character, which is everybody's favourite character from Master of the Universe. Uh, not. Um, but it's a pretty good moment in the new series. Um, they somehow managed to make the most irritating character from the show not irritating. Uh, they mm. do a pretty good job. Animal Adventures is a and d thing. So it's not something we've covered a lot. But essentially it's... They've done a set where it's cats but with RPG elements. And then there's dogs with RPG elements. This is kind of other. Um, so it's still kind of based in an... Is it anamorphic? When it's an yeah. half animal, half human? It's yeah. kind of still based around that. But it's more towards the animal than it is towards... The, Humans, um, elves, dwarves, the fantasy. Yeah. So, first things first, we have an octopus in a, in a cart, essentially. He's kind of swimming around in, in a bucket of water. He's a baby kraken. Like, there is nothing about that that is not awesome. He's the exclusive for the set. Uh, this particular one is kind of based around a series of islands, so it's very much like your Treasure Island type feel and so on and so mm -hmm. forth. We've got an alpaca. We've got an albatross. We've got a fox. We've got a goat. We have a koala. Just for your we eyes. We have a koala. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guess which one I was here for. No. Uh, we have an orangutan, we have an otter, the otter I quite like actually. Uh, we have a pig, yeah. which is, it's a pig. Uh, there is a rabbit and a red panda. So unlike the other ones where it's just been kind of like focusing on one animal, this one is kind of grabbing, it feels like it's kind of just grabbing whatever's left over, mm -hmm. um, to me at least. Um... Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think don't we have George showing up here soon. Awesome. Um, there is a campaign and everything that goes along with it, as long as an actual proper campaign guide. Um, so we have a regular goat, and then we have a baby goat. If you want to scroll down further. I missed the baby goat. It's sitting on what looks like a rock. It's part of the 54 euro, $75 core pledge. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Just sitting there looking all pouty faced almost. Excuse me, Mr. Puppy face. You don't want to Almost look like, like a puppy look face. Look at how sweet I look. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the orangutan has a little birdie friend who has armor on the end of his beak in the most hilarious fashion I've ever seen. 
Oh yeah, I, did. I didn't see that until looking closer. <laughs> Uh, and you can still get the old ones as well, which is kind of nice. Um, oh, no, these are new as well. We're getting new doggos. So we have a Newfoundland monk. Uh, I'm going to say a Samoyed dra uh, cleric. There's an Aussie druid. I don't quite get what that's supposed to be. There's a shark. Maybe it's an uh, Aussie. Maybe it's an Aussie um, sheepdog. Maybe because it's not a it's not a dingo. Um, found a shark. He's holding a big, huge anchor, and then I found what looks like a crab with a treasure chest sitting on top of his shell. You scroll down even forward. It's a Kickstarter exclusive. That's 37 euros, fifty dollars. There's two giant walruses. Oh. Yeah, keep scrolling down. Yep. There's a bear. Oh, I quite like the bear too, actually. Well, after that little intermission, um, sorry to say that George will not be joining us. Uh, he was about to join us, and then something has happened. Uh, we will get details later, I suppose. I love the little baby goat, yes. Um... Not as much as I love the giant shark, man. You gotta love the, shark, <laughs> the giant sharkosaurus. Of course. Um, Did you see the crab? Yes, the crab. Is, I mean, th this is like an animal, an animal pirate crew. Is basically what we're looking at here. The shark is clearly the leader, uh, unless the cat's the leader. Maybe the cat should be the leader. I mean, it is a cat after all. Um, these things are. Very, very cool. Uh, it, look, it is going to be something that you're either going to love or you're not. Um, mm -hmm. Some people prefer their fantasy to be fantasy. Um, I mean, this is still fantasy, but this is animals, but with clothes. So you're either going to love it or you're not. Um, just like with the previous ones, with the cats and the dogs, you either loved it or you didn't. Uh, these are things that are now sold at retail. Uh, obviously, it's more expensive to buy them at retail. But if you're not someone that's comfortable with the Kickstarter, then you've got options to come back in later. Uh, yep. Very quickly, going back to my previous uh, original story, I had mentioned that there was a community member that had given an opinion. Uh, Warren from the Beasts of War also known as On Tabletop, pretty much gave a speech about how, I'm sorry, Games Workshop, it's not you, it's me. Um, pretty much just like, no, I'm not even vaguely interested. They are, that is my interpretation of what he said. But he made a fairly big deal of the fact that he's just, no, not happening. So, take from that what you will. Um, however... Have you ever heard of TT Combat? Uh, just a little. Yeah, uh, we, we do cover yep. them occasionally. So they've got quite a few things that they've shown off this week. The big one is the one that we teased last episode, which is the space stations. So which look awesome. The, the new space station kits actually available for sale now. So you've got the defense grid. 
which, as we reported previously, can be built off the original sprues to make them large and big. And you've got different lots of guns. You've got big guns. You've got bigger guns. And then you've got the biggest of guns. Yeah. And then the other one. I think, I think this one, one looks cool. The astronaut, astrobotanical lab. Yeah. I, I love the way that this looks. <gasps> Excuse me. They did a good job designing that. Yes. No, they've done an amazing job. Um, it's just, and it fits in really, really well. Um, mm -hmm. It feels very, like, super modern. Uh, it doesn't feel like it's ripping off anything. It definitely feels like it's its own thing. Um. I mean, I've seen a sports arena that kind of looks similar to those domes, but it's not the same. It just kind of has a similar vibe. Um, as opposed to a lot of things where it's kind of like, oh, well, this kind of reminds me of the ships from Halo, or this is very clearly from Star Wars. Or No, they've yeah. kept doing their own thing. Uh, not that I'm saying that they haven't had inspirations elsewhere, but there have been. Um, but... I kind of like what they've done with these two kits. We've already spoken on the rules for those before, so we're not going to yep. go over those again. And they say this one is compatible with the other spot modular space stations as well, so yep. you can design you it like this in the picture. Or, yeah, or have those two smaller bits off on very far wings or something like that, yep. however you want. Um, we also have... A huge amount of releases coming out for Carnivale. So, Carnivale is a skirmish game that we've talked about a couple of times. Um, Golgotha is like a giant walking statue that's been... Well, it's like several different statues. It's kind of been super glued together and then made to walk. And has been kind of paraded around by this priest-looking guy. I mean, there's nothing creepy about that priest-looking guy at all. Not, not nothing at all. I mean, there's very clearly a pure wholesome character right there. Yep. Uh, we've also got the gondoliers, um, which I actually kind of like the gondoliers. Weaponized oars. That's just kind of cool. Yeah, it is. Um, moving on. We've also got the Dagonites, oh, sorry, the Dagonite Priests, which is very much your cult leader type vibe. I kind of like what they're going doing with these guys. We've also got some... We've got pretty much new guys for almost everything. So, we've got, we've got merchants coming that are all nice and posh and... Cool. Lab assistants, which will be for the doctors. The lab assistants are obviously being screwed around with as much as their patients are. Um, martyrs. Because you got to have martyrs if you have a corrupt religious organisation. And newborn Strigoi. With like the most pale skin I've ever seen. Yeah. So yeah, lots of really cool things on pre-order there. And then finally, we have a whole series of terrain. I mean, it's very unusual for TT Combat to have terrain, but we've got some. 
It's not like they're doing new terrain every week. <laughs> yeah. Um, these are very much a kind of designed to go and kind of fit in a box by the look of it, to the point where one of them is even a dice tower. Um, yeah. I kind of really like this dice tower. I find it hilarious that they've kind of designed it to look like like this is a, a, a ceremonial building for the rolling of dice. There's even, like, graphics on the side of the workers dragging the dice up the steps. Or the slopes, rather. Um, very, very Egyptian. I kind of, I really like that. Uh, and they've got another other ones that are just buildings that are kind of of a similar vibe. It's just the decorative elements that has changed. So we've got a desert elf shrine, and we've got a necro shrine, which has a giant snake on the side of it. I think the giants. I kind of wish that these were available as the dice vault. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if you were to. They look like they're the exact same shape to me. Yeah. So you might be able to buy a set of each and just put whatever side plate you want. We might have to get confirmation from Lewis on that. In place of... Uh, it might be a little tricky. Well, they look like they're designed from the, the, from the same original kit. No, I agree in that aspect. It just might be a little tricky trying to... Uh, you are buying multiple the... kits to buy one thing in that case, though. Yeah. Uh, and last but not least, we have some very simple desert buildings coming. So we've got an oasis town, which is some very, very simple buildings. It's just a small kit, seven buildings that you can kind of put together and throw across the table without really having to put a lot of effort in. Yeah. I kind of like when companies do these very simple kits uh, that you can kind of just build on yourself or keep them simple. Uh, but the, I think it's easy to say that the Oasis Bazaar is the big one. That's the gorgeous one. Still not the biggest of kits. It's still very simple, but this is the good kind of simple, I feel. Mm-hmm. Oh, I only just noticed this. There's a percentage of the proceeds of the sale that go to a charity. Uh, I'm going to say Penhaligan's Friends. It's a Cornish charity supporting bereaved children, young people, parents, and carers throughout the country, throughout the county. Oh, is that both of them? No, it's just the bazaar. Okay, nice. I didn't even notice that when I first looked at this. So they've designed this kit specifically to partner with the Red Ruth School Work Experience Program. Uh, and it goes towards a charity that the students have actually chosen. I like that. Mm -hmm. Apparently the people are wrong and they do accept cards in this bazaar. And at the end of our news, well, sorry, no, we have one more thing before the end of our news. 
we've got a little teaser here of a piece that's coming in a rather large ship kit that we're going to talk about in our game talk. Uh, it's not the first time we've seen... It's the image that I showed you earlier. It's not yes. the first time that we've seen this. Uh, this was part of a work-in-progress article that TT Combat teased back in November last year. This has been a, one of those drops that they've kind of left hidden for a while. But... Marvel Crisis Protocol, the very last thing that we're talking about today. Atomic Mass Games have teased Dormammu, along with everything that goes around him. So Dormammu was the big bad of Doctor Strange. Uh, there's a scenic kit coming as well. Really gorgeous looking sculpt of Doctor Strange. Yeah. And a couple of his bad guys. Just really, really, really gorgeous. You've got the Ancient One. Yeah. Just all kinds of gorgeous. Uh, there's a picture of a guy wearing a red hood and a demon wearing a red hood. At the risk of stating the obvious, they're the same person. Um, coming in, separate kits. Uh, the Dormammu box is one of the most expensive kits that I've done at this point, And it's huge. Well, it's not quite that big, but yeah, it's, it's, it's big. And we've also got... Uh, the Sanctus Sanctus Saporum, whatever they call it, mm -hmm. um, Doctor Strange's house. But in the definition, independent type slang word jargon. All right. So this week we're going to be talking about Knights of Dice. Knights of Dice are an Australian company. Uh, very much MDF terrain, so on and so forth. Um, I'm going to start with the budget terrain, if that's alright. Yep. And I'm going to start with the Gothic Ruins. Mainly because this is probably what a lot of the community are going to be wanting. These are totally not designed for 40k. Definitely not designed for 40k. It's not extremely obvious that that's what they're designed for. They're totally Gothic th th cathedrals that just happen to have been destroyed. Um... Really simple budget kits that you can kind of build up and then do your own thing with. Make them your own, like give them a bit of texture here and there. You've got plank bridges to join them together. Like It's just a very simple kit that you can do a lot with. Um, there's Tubular Raza bundles as well, which is moving back to my comment earlier about really simple budget kits mm -hmm. that you can build a full table out of but from memory what I'm looking for is under under letters home historical you get a preview of what the different categories are personally I want to touch on the Pacific ones yeah those look nice this is the set that I got recently that we had discussed a few episodes ago 
Okay. These are Pacific huts uh, that you would find through the Pacific Islands. Uh, they've been designed for floodings and so on and so forth. This is something that nobody else is doing right now that I have ever seen. Um, if you wanted to create, I don't know, Rambo on the tabletop, this is the perfect buildings for it. Well, Rambo 2. Um, or 3 to some extent. Um, absolutely gorgeous. Gorgeous stuff. And then just one last quick look. If you go to Century City Pulp, and I might just stick on just that preview page just for the moment because it kind of gives you an idea of these is uh, modern day or pulp type buildings. You've got ruined ones, which would suit things like, not so much Gaslands because it's too big for that, but Fallout and that sort of things. Uh, yeah. You've got a Chinatown range that fits in there as well. Old Town is very much your Marvel, DC type cities. Uh, and then there's just general accessories. Waterfront's beautiful if you want to kind of do up like a joker type twisted circus type thing knights of dice have a lot more that i'm not showing here um but uh, very much worth your time um obviously if you're in the us or the uk postage from australia can get expensive viv does do fairly decent deals but they also have stores in those countries that will actually sell the products so it might be even be worth finding out who in your areas actually hold the reins because you might save yourself some big money unless you i mean if you want to make a 400 dollars purchase then you will get free international postage but that's a lot of terrain yeah but otherwise i think it's time for a bit of this Dream. Blue, crying, paint. What have you been up to, Major Sox? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Other than moving my family into a new hotel. Down at Vanavarat a couple weeks ago. Was that last, last weekend? Week, actually. That you did that? Yeah, it was last weekend. It was last weekend. When they came down finally. So, had to move out, as you can see, like I said earlier. Don't have the purple mauve walls that I had in the last episode two weeks ago. <laughs> I just now have closet doors. Pretty much, yeah. It kind of reminds me of your old bedroom, actually. It's just uh, yeah, backwards. almost. Yeah. The door should be on the other side. It should. And, yeah, you should kind of be in that corner. <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then hopefully a month... I'll be set up in my man cave. Nice. Well, hobby set up. So hobby wise, done nothing. Yeah. You? Um, I've had a little bit. I got some bushido done. Um, I did share some pictures. I don't know if I actually shared it with you guys. Come to think of it, uh, but I I got some bushido done. Another four or five guys, either acceptable or. F- or, or closer to fin- nothing's like actually finished finished but yeah everything's getting towards like well the things that i've worked on are getting on towards that acceptable to look at type thing 
I've also had a couple things that have arrived, some of which I've done unboxings for. I did the unboxing for the Dino Riders set that oh, I yeah. at a little while ago. Um, the thing that I wasn't really sure if it was going to work for the tabletop or not, but wanted to try. Uh, and unfortunately it was kind of too small. That video's been live for a while now, so I'm not ruining anything. Uh, it's kind of more 20-ish mil, maybe 18 mil in scale. Okay. I mean, there that are things scale. you could use it for. It's just not things I'm interested in. Yeah. There's also... Ooh, nice. Yeah. So this will be my very first Bandai kit. Um, I do. I haven't opened this yet. Well, it's kind of come. You can't really see because my green screen thing plays up. Um, the box itself, there's no tape on it. it. That's kind of the way it came, but everything is still sealed at the moment. I do intend on doing an unboxing of that. Not that we're a Gundam channel and we're not yeah. becoming a Gundam channel. But I'm kind of curious to kind of open it with the idea of how does these kits come in comparison to what we know. Um, one of the accusations that gets done towards this hobby a lot, usually by people that don't really know what they're talking about, is how overly expensive everything can be. So, well, what are other people doing for similar price ranges? Mm -hmm. Um... That, that's, that's my intention there. I mean, this is going to be much bigger than what we get. Uh, but it's also a lot harder to build. Whether that's yeah. a good thing or a bad thing is completely irrelevant. Um, but what do you get for the money is kind of more what I'm going to be looking at. That's my intention anyway. Yeah. Otherwise, it's kind of just been... The, it's mainly been work on my side, honestly. Um, Sounds fun. I was going to try and get some hobby done yesterday, and then I just had a day of, eh, because I had a horrible week. I was going to say, sometimes you need those days of relaxation. Yep. So, otherwise, we want to do this. Talk nerdy to me. All right. We're staying with Drop Fleet Commander this fortnight. Uh, because we had said that we were going to discuss the rest of the Resistance fleet. First and foremost, the little teaser that I inserted earlier is a hint of the Dreadnought kit that's coming. We should, in theory, be the very first people discussing that. Um, well, we were given permission from Lewis, that I can discuss anything that shows up in the TT Agents Forum. With Thank you, Lewis. But we're not going to start there. We are going to start with the Destroyers. They're all named after people that I'm sure nobody has ever heard of. I mean, it's not like they've ever done anything important. Nope. Um, it's not like they were all part of, you know, a global event that almost every person on the planet watched. If they're alive, back in 1969. You weren't around in 1969? But I know not. George was. George was about four. George was, for sure. We're picking on George because he didn't show up. I mean, he did, but he didn't. So I'm going to start on the Armstrong. So the Armstrong is a resistance destroyer. It costs you 65 points. 
you've got a 6 inch scan, a 4 inch SIG, 9 inch thrust, it's got 6 hull, armour defence of 3 plus, you've got 6 point defence, comes in groups of 2 to 3, which they all will, uh, and it's got that ablative armour that we discussed last time. You have an HF clearance laser, which has Mauler 6 as a special rule. Uh, it has the... Um, the walk value, because that's your target's armor value. You. Yep. Two attacks, two damage each, only in the front. Um, you also get NC3 missiles. So this is front, side, and rear. Lock of 4+. plus. Two attacks, one damage. That's your close action. Um, so yeah. pretty much a big, big support destroyer. Pretty much. Um, second coming out is a bit of a ship with a bit of a buzz. Do you want to cover that one? Yep. Aldrin is the next one. It's uh, considered a colony ship. Has 75 points apiece. Uh, again, 6-inch scan, 4-inch signature, 9-inch uh, thrust, 3-plus armor, 2-point defense. One to two grouping and uh, light two tonnage. A blade of armor on that as well, but also has launch. Um, for weaponry, all it has is the NC3 missiles, uh, which is your close actions like Bruce just mentioned from the Armstrong. Four plus lock, two attack, one damage, and it can launch two vocal landers uh, each turn. So I like that. Pretty so good. That means troops. worst case scenario, you still got one landing. Yep, exactly. Yep. And last Definitely. but not least is the Collins, which it's Collins that stayed inside the ship, right? Correct. He's the one that still orbited the moon while the other two were on the surface. Okay. I'm just making sure I was right. Okay. Resistance Collins. 40 points. Um, everything's pretty much the same. This is groupings of two to three again, though. Ablative armor and open because he stayed in the ship. He wasn't with the rest of the crew. Repair and refuel. Any fighters within four inches of this ship are not removed when the point defense bonus they conferred is used. Which I think is awesome. Yeah. So I'm going to send my. I'm going to park this just within its target. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. You can just keep those. That, that's potentially really cool. Uh, I suspect that they wouldn't last on the table very long. No. But kind of really cool. I like that idea. Uh, it also has the NC-3 missiles for close action. So it, it can kind of do something. But just being able to have fighters out there the entire game instead of having to pull them back after yeah. each point defense phase, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. This thing itself only has two point defense, so it's... It's only got a limited ability to defend itself. I mean, the armor yeah. 3 plus is going to help a little bit, but once it starts yep. getting damaged, that ablative armor is going to crack, and then you'll get your, five your plus armor will go up to 5 plus. So. Yeah, that'll be nasty. But we also have some dreadnoughts to discuss. Now, I need to preface the next bit of our conversation with something very clear. The rules that we're currently look at, looking at are, in theory, a work in progress. Everything that we're currently looking at with this next thing may change. With that and said, 
most of the hints that we've had in the TT combat, sorry, the TT agent forums previously have gone through almost unchanged. There's usually small things that get updated here and there. But you just need to understand that these rules are works in progress. So if you're listening to this and you decide that you want to, I don't know, kit build something, you could, but there's no guarantee that they're not going to change later. So, if they change later, it's not our fault. Sure. Okay. I'm going to start with the first two ships. Most of the weapons in this are going to be discussed at the end. The Resistance Dreadnoughts are designed in a way that you add things to them and you customise your ship. This is the same as most of the Resistance stuff, and it's these types of ships that are why we've left the Resistance until last so far. With that said, the Pathfinder is an interstellar raft. The base cost is 110 points. It's got a 10-inch scan. Sorry, sorry. It's got a 6-inch scan, a 10-inch SIG. Thrust to 6 inches, 20 hull, uh, armor of 3 plus, 8 point defense, grouping of 1 to 2, super heavy, and it has the special subsystem network, which I will look up. You have N16 missiles, lock of 3 plus, D3 plus 1 attacks, 1 damage. Front, side, and rear. That's your close action. Um, can you have a look at the Explorer for me? Yep. Uh, in, well, going over the hard points. So with the Raft, oh, or the sorry, Pathfinder, yes. sorry, you have to take four options from the Dreadnought Systems list, and up to two of those can be broadsides. Um, so four options you have to take at least. Um, but you can take more. Um, but, but the Explorer uh, is an inter- interstellar arc. Base point cost of 190 points, 8-inch scan, 14-inch signature, 5-inch thrust, 28 hull points, uh, armor 3+, plus, 12-point defense, grouping of 1, and super heavy 2 uh, tonnage. Has Dreadnought uh, special as well as the subsystem network, which is Bruce is looking up. It also has the NC-16 missiles as its close action weapon. Uh, same sites as the one above for the Pathfinder. The, this one has to take six op, uh, options from the Dreadnought list, and up to three of those can be broadsides. Did you find that in the subsystem? I did. Okay. <clears throat> Whenever a ship with this rule fires a weapon, it may also fire an additional weapon of the same type if it has one. That weapon still cannot fire twice during one turn. So, for example, if it has the linked special rule. So, if I had three broadsides, for example, and I had one on each side, and then another one, I could use this one and then link it to that one, but then I can't use the other one and then use the same one again. I could only use each weapon once. But if you have multiples, it gives you access to others. It's kind of a nice play around. Yeah. Um, the Colonizer is an interstellar dreadnought. This is 250 base points. Uh, 
10 inch scan, 16 inch signature, 4 inch thrust, 35 hull, 3 plus armor, 15 point defense, um, 1 group, same subsystem network, this one has got a dreadnought special rule. I was not aware of a dreadnought special rule. Um, I think that just missiles. means you use the uh, you just use the dreadnought explosive chart, critical damage chart. Oh yes, 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 yes. Uh, and this one has eight hard points, uh, up to four of which can be broadsides. So, what are the dreadnought systems? I hear you asking. So, for thirty-five points, you can have an N thirty-one hybrid gun battery. These are, you've got two broadside options, so this is one of them. So, yep. clar clarify that so that people are like, which one are we talking about now? Oh, so. yeah, fair. Um, Broadsides. Yes. So, one on the left, one on the right. You've got a lock of four plus on both of them, five attacks on both of them, one damage each. That is linked one. Do you want to go through the second of the broadsides? Yep. So, for 25 points, you can get an N16 missile battery. Uh, so just like your close action weapons, um, you can get more of them. Uh, lock 3 plus, 2D3 plus 2, uh, damage 1, side left and side right. So you can just pretty much increase the number of close action weapons that you're shooting at uh, for a base cost of 25 points per um, for those. Yep. Uh, I might just go through the launches very quickly because they're all kind of very quick. So yep. for 30 points... Oh, as... Uh, yeah, yeah. For 30 points, you get fighters and bomber. Four. No specials. 20 points, bulk landers and fire ship off one. No specials. 25 points is a torment torpedo. Uh, one. Limited two. So you can only have two of those maximum. Uh, do you want you to can launch two torpedoes in a game, but you launch one at a time. Uh, you want to touch on the turrets? Yep, so your turret types, uh, for a cost of 25, you can get a 10k mass driver, which is a 2 plus lock, 3 attack, 1 damage, front side, uh, has a fusillade of 3 special rule, so pretty good uh, if you want to go weapons free with that. And then for 35 points, you can get a heavy vent cannon, uh, 3 plus lock, 2d3 attack, 2 damage each, uh, front side as well, and then has overcharge, scald, and then stable, so... So those are the same double... special rules we looked at last week, last episode. Yep. Yep. Um, finally, we have structures, and you're only allowed to have one of these. Uh, for 25 points, you get a scanner array, which increases your scan by four inches. Gee, I wonder why you're only allowed to have one of them. Hmm. Hmm. Because I could see people wanting on the Dreadnought with eight options, taking two or three of those, increasing their scan anything range. Anything on the table. Yep. So, oh, you're at the base? Oh, I'm just going to fire at you anyway. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, that and gives put a heavy you a vent. maximum potential of 14 inches in your signature uh, in your scan. So yep. that already is quite big. It's pretty big. So next episode, we will be finishing off our look at the resistance. We still have to go through the monitors in the Corvette. And then we finally get to return back to drop zone again. Uh, before we finally start looking at your regular frigates and cruisers. We're finally, we're getting there. We're getting there. Slowly. Upcoming events-wise, 
And I'm going to have to play the old one that I hate so much. Upcoming events. Upcoming events. Do you know what's coming up next weekend? UK Gaming Expo. Yay! None of us are going to be there because we don't live in the UK. Nope. So, Friday the 31st until Saturday, August the 1st. I suspect that we're going to probably get some decent news out of this. Um, there's usually some things that you get to actually hear of for the first time at the UK Gaming Expo. Um, as opposed to Salute, which is more of a demo day. I mean, there are demos that happen at UK Games Expo as well. But uh, Tickets are still on sale. Keep in mind that a lateral flow test is required for everybody that attends. So that's everybody, staff and volunteers included. Gen Con is coming very, very quickly. Yes. Uh, September 16th till 19th. PAX Australia also feels like it's coming very, very quickly. Friday the 8th of October until Sunday the 10th of October. Um, and You enjoy that? I will enjoy that. Um, the Drop Zone community Facebook page is still running its competition. All you need is a vehicle from Drop Zone and you need to paint it up to look like it belongs in a different universe. Um, I have mine. I know they look like they haven't been touched, but, well, you know, they, they haven't been touched yet. I was going to say, looks like you just pulled them out of the box. <laughs> They have been sitting there, like, for ages. They're washed and everything. It's been a very bad couple of weeks. Uh, your deadline for that is the 8th of August. So you are kind of running out of time. Well, you're running out of time if you want to join. You still have time to get stuff done. Um, yeah. Otherwise, that's kind of us for this week. Um, this show is brought to you and essentially by us. Um, we kind of pay for a lot of it, but we couldn't do it without our Patreons. Um, if you are in a position where you're comfortable to do so, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash getting tabled. If you'd like to follow us on social media, Facebook is our most active. Facebook.com slash getting tabled. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can reach out to us getting tabled at gmail.com. Alternatively, Twitter is at Getting Tabled. Instagram is at Getting Tabled. We have a website, which is gettingtabled.weebly.com. And if you'd like to see the video edition of this podcast, it will be available if you search for Getting Tabled. We are the top 15 to 20 results. Keep in mind that our Patreon gets exclusive ad access to the video edition of this podcast until the following weekend. Uh, as well as 24-hour access to at least... Sorry, 24-hour early access to at least 80% of the videos that we... I do. Anything else to add, Mr. Socks? Nope. Other than... Can't wait to get to my man cave. Yeah, I can imagine. Start getting, my, start getting all my hobbies back out. You okay? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mattias at soundimage.org.